save big money on everything for your next project at Menards. Spring is here making it the perfect time for outdoor projects. Suncast storage sheds are an excellent solution for protecting outdoor lawn and gardening tools. They're easy to assemble, and the all-weather construction provides water resistance and UV protection. Save big on Suncast storage sheds. View our selection of Suncast products today in-store and on Menards.com. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the 28th episode of the Professional Book Nerds podcast presented by Overdrive. I am your host, Jill. I have with me Adam. This is a very big deal. Today's I'm episode. very excited for everyone to hear this. If you looked at the name of the actual podcast when you downloaded it, you'll know that this is an interview with James Patterson. Like uh, the James Patterson. The James Patterson, <laughs> the highest selling author uh-huh. in the world, James Patterson. Uh, last week I went to New York City and we had a podcast last week with Brad Meltzer that we heard that was also from New York City. The reason I went to New York City was uh, James Patterson's publisher gave us the opportunity to be a part of his kind of announcement press conference where he's talking about his new line of bookshots titles. Uh, there are these books that are under 150 pages each and they're all for our library partners, very inexpensive. The way that he describes it in the press conference and in the interview that I had with him is basically he cuts out all the fat. <laughs> so it's I like it. Yeah, it's a, it's all all thriller, no filler would be right. another, you all know, right. cheesy way of saying I it. I like it. Um but yeah, we were able to get some time to actually sit down with James Patterson, ask him some questions. Um, it was a mind-blowing experience. Yes, for sure. We should say that the interview um he kind of there's not a lot of transition. Yeah, so something that you know, he didn't have a lot of time. There right. was m- multiple people having interviews with Mr. Patterson, and I basically got 10 minutes with him. And before I could even start recording, he started answering a question and answering it really well. So I didn't want to say, can we start that again? And right. I can do an intro. So it, it, this is going to be a little different than other podcast episodes. You'll basically hear him jump right into talking about these bookshots titles and his writing craft and and then after the 10 minute interview with James Patterson and myself you will then hear the press conference where he'll go and he'll talk in depth about the titles and and how many that you can expect to see in the different genres and the different uh, stories that are all in these bookshots yeah Good so. stuff. I actually like James Patterson. His women's murder series, the numbered ones, they're all fun, and I'm I'm excited for this one. This yeah. is a big one. And you'll hear in the press conference, it's really I was I wasn't sure what was going to happen with when you hear when you have someone who is this big. Right. I, I didn't know if he was going to come off as standoffish or what. It, he's so personable and funny and um, everything you hope someone would be when you get to meet them when you've kind of idolized their work all your life. So Awesome. Yeah. So I hope everyone enjoys this conversation and hearing all about James Patterson's bookshot titles. Um, again, for our library partners, the first few of them are available in marketplace to purchase and there's going to be a number of them that will be available for pre-order obviously they'll continue to roll out if you're familiar with the way james patterson works right and of course we have all of his other books as well so he is uh there's he's not lacking in content that you can add to your digital library so um, but anything else you want to add to this podcast joe um you know as always if they have any comments they want to share with us they can do that on facebook and twitter and then email us at feedback at overdrive.com so 
Yeah, sounds good. Yep. I, I hope you guys enjoy this conversation. This conversation with James Patterson talking about his book shots and everything else that he has coming down the line. So enjoy this episode of the Professional Book Nerds Podcast. One of the keys in a lot of libraries, you know, most libra- libraries have figured this out, is new things that bring people in. Mm-hmm. You know, okay, we're going to do bands, or we're going to do, you know, helping uh, retired people. You know, uh, find new ways to mm-hmm. new things to branch out into. And, you know, so bookshots is something new and exciting, and I think it's um, uh, particularly good for people that you know don't have the, you know don't necessarily want to try to deal with 400 pages. Right, and I think that's something that libraries will really like that because they'll increase their circulation because they're going to have more you know, checkouts because these titles are a little bit shorter. So I think yeah. the libraries will be really excited yeah, about yeah, that. Yeah, there's that too, right. Yeah, yeah. So you've reached a point in your career where you know, your name is very much considered a brand. So when you put James Patterson on a book, whether it's one that you've written, one of your popular series, uh, <coughs> the book shots that are coming there's out. nothing, and this is something, because like, people... You get into all this craziness about, you know, if you go to my office, you know, a lot of people come in there with a certain point of view. Nobody walks out of there thinking that I don't write all this stuff. Absolutely. Because I'll write, I mean, last year I did almost 2,000 pages of outlines, mm-hmm. and and the 2,000 pages, and when I do an outline, it's three or four drafts, mm-hmm. so it's just a lot of, and it's writing, I mean, that's the story. You can mm-hmm. read one of my outlines and you'll, oh, that was a pretty cool story in itself. So people need to understand that about, you know, what I do. Yeah. Uh, and, and a lot of times people go, oh, you know, I don't like the books you write. Well, give me a break. Invisible, I, I haven't written anything better than Invisible. Mm-hmm. I wrote it with, you know, another writer, but mm-hmm. it's terrific. So because you do so many of the outlines, when someone does come to you with a pitch for a book, what do you look for? Is there doesn't something? Doesn't happen. Doesn't happen? No. Okay. I mean, it's going to happen with book shots, but I don't. Of course. Yeah. Okay. No. And... I've heard you say in a few interviews where you have the type of brain where you can kind of come up with a story for really any situation that you're in. Pretty much. I could do one on you. No I, I would love that. <laughs> um, so <coughs> I've had a conversation with authors who they only write when the inspiration strikes. I've had conversations with others where they say, I write from 7 a.m. to noon every day. What is your writing process like? Well, I, I think obviously, you know, a writer situation, I, I don't have to worry about financial needs. Mm-hmm. And that, so I don't have any stress on me, mm-hmm. um, and I love to do it. Right. I love to tell stories, and I also don't. Have, I don't have to worry about, you know, the editor. You know, what's the editor going to think? Sure. I want to know what the editor thinks, but I don't worry about it. Mm-hmm. So it's as I said in the press conference, it's not work. Mm-hmm. This is not a job. So do you have? Are you are you the type of person because you love your job? Like you said, it's it's not work. It's play. Do you kind of get up first thing in the morning and, and start writing? Are you an early yeah. riser? No, I, yeah, I'm up there. You know, generally, if it's first, you know, yes, I am at five thirty in the morning, sure. and and mostly that's going to be just organizing. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that, and then and then I might sit down with an outline and you know and redo the outline, which is easier mm-hmm. than than you know 
I, I wouldn't start writing if I was writing the book. I wouldn't start that at 5.30. Um, so Overdrive is a library company. We work with libraries every day. Um, you're a well-known <laughs> supporter of public libraries. Yeah. Uh, what do you think makes and, libraries and so school libraries, and school libraries as well? Yeah, yeah. Um, what do you think makes public and school libraries so vital to They're communities? Free. Absolutely. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, look. I mean, I don't. I mean, at, at this stage, I don't. I don't know of any civilizations where books haven't been any useful civilizations where books haven't been you know really really important mm-hmm. in terms of getting people to think. You know, obviously right now, people are just not thinking stuff through. Mm-hmm. And books, you know, one, make you more compassionate. I mean, a lot of studies on that, that you, you know, you kind of understand, yeah, you've, if you've read, you know, half a dozen books about the Middle East, or about Islam, or whatever, your views are much broader than if you're just getting a little bit of hearsay. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's really important. And then, and then obviously with kids, if kids are competent readers, and to that end, do you have a, a favorite or a first People memory need of a to library? Bring their kids. Yeah, my mother worked in a library. Mm-hmm. She was a teacher, and she worked in the libraries in Newburgh, for, like on Saturdays. So, would you spend your Saturday afternoons in the library? A lot, yeah, mm-hmm. a lot. And so, uh, talking about when when you were a child, one of the things that I really love about your Jimmy imprint is just your simple message. You have this beautiful kind of almost a catchphrase: "Is you want kids to look and say, give me another book when they finish it." Right. Um, I have nieces and a nephew who have started saying those things and it's so great to hear um, when you were growing up <laughs> were there types of stories specifically that made you say that whether it no, was there a were genre there a lot of books that said I don't really like to read that much mm-hmm. yeah, and I think that's you know, all publishers would say that they're following my mission mm-hmm. you know, but they're not mm-hmm. because most kids look read their books and they go I, don't, I really don't like to read very much Yeah. so they're not you know and, 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 so, and a lot of times it's people um who are coming from a, another, you know, like, they're not understanding what kids are like and how how busy they are and mm-hmm. how, you know, just the last thing they want to do a lot of times is sit down and read a book. And you have to be aware of that. You just can't. And I always, I mean, you know, with middle school, the worst years of my life, you know, which is going to be a movie now. Right. Um, the, the notion of a kid who goes into school is a very good artist, really good. And he's funny. He's mm-hmm. a great funny point of view on stuff and he's it's sort of like you know like Matt Gronig as an 11 year old you know um, but he he really is not that interested in math and science and some of the stuff so he's, he's not a good student mm-hmm. uh, and he has a funny point of view on everything though that's a you know that's a semi-important story mm-hmm. you know it's not this isn't just fluff yeah it's not marshmallow fluff. It's, there's, there's something now I find as a series. I mean, a kid who overcomes uh, being in a wheelchair for the rest of his life through comedy mm-hmm. is, you know, I mean, in a lot of ways, I would say that that's more important than Wonder, mm-hmm. honestly. Yeah. Uh, Wonder's terrific, but I mean, uh, you know, when people always love that extreme case stuff, mm-hmm. well, okay. But let's take it down a peg and make it not as extreme, and that's maybe has a lot of validity too. Sure. And then just one more question: What do you hope readers take away from reading your books? Whether it's kids reading the Jimmy imprint or people discovering your series I think for the it's first the time. Same thing. Mm-hmm. Give me another. Mm-hmm. That's success in mind, where people reading go, "Give me another," as opposed to, eh. "Yeah." 
Um, and, and, and once again, some people just have it in their heads, you know, like, oh, well, his, somebody else's name is on the cover. You know, they just think, well, he, he isn't even involved. Mm -hmm. And they're, you know, and that's, some of the, as I said, some of these, some of these um, co-written books are great. Mm -hmm. uh, Perfect. Right. Well, Mr. Patson, thank you so much okay. for taking some time to chat with us You're today. Welcome. I didn't know we were making a movie here, but I guess we are. Hi, my name is James, and I'm a disruptor. Um, thanks for coming to this little bit of publishing history. I'm going to talk for like two minutes, and then uh, Michelle and I will do a little talk, talk, and then, you know, questions. Um, this is my first book press conference, so I checked out the field a little bit. Uh, Mattel's Dancing Robot and Core's Introduction of Rocky Mountain Springwater and Pepsi AM, remember that one for the Pepsi in the morning, and then Donald Trump's extravaganza for Trump water and Trump steaks. So from looking at all these, I know that the, um, the bar for press conferences is set very, very high. So I'm very respectful of that. Um, speaking of publishing history, though, this is the very first press conference for Little Brown, which is interesting in itself. But I think to some extent what today is really about is the power of stories, okay? And stories have never been more popular. So those of you who have the book pages, it's a bigger story maybe than just the book pages. Movie stories obviously are usually important. TV stories, streaming stories, binging stories. And then if we think about the stunning importance of stories in a presidential race, you know, stories, little Marco, Devastation in two well-chosen words. By the way, and I want to own this phrase because I've tried to, I, I invented this a long time ago. It's called caricature assassination. Okay? So I want to own that. You know when they do those phrases, such and such, you know, Oscar Wilde, blah, blah, blah. I want to have one. Caricature assa assassination. Uh, Lion Ted, Daffy Donald, obviously a comedy. Um, today is about a, a very unusual and rare uh, innovation in publishing, an evolution, and I think to some extent a revolution. Um, a year ago, literally a year ago, I met with Hachette and Penguin Random House to talk about this new idea, and I told them to imagine that Steve Jobs up, was up here, and that Steve said, I have a big idea for publishing, and I think I know how to execute it. And that's how I introduced Bookshots. Uh, each bookshot will be under 150 pages. Um, each will cost under $5. In some cases, it'll be less than that. My notion is that bookshots would be extremely fast-paced, faster than any books out there. All thriller, no filler. I didn't write that. That came from England. <laughs> Not novellas. Bookshots cut the fat out of the mainstream bestseller, in my opinion. Um, they're a little like reading a hit movie. Um, they're the uber of books. Um, the template for me is that every single chapter in a bookshot has to move both the plot and the characterization forward and turn on the movie projectors in our heads. Um, recently, I, actually it was on yesterday, CBS Sunday Morning, and um, Anthony Mason was in the office, and I talked about how a, a month ago, or I'm sorry, a year ago, I had started this project. And then I pulled out all these drawers, eight very deep, deep drawers with all these tabs on them. And I said, 
This is one year later, and I have 117 book shots that are either finished or almost finished. And um, I ha I've written some of them, and I've written 20 to 30-page outlines for over 80 of them. And Anthony kept saying, this is insane. This is completely insane. And he said, you, James, are insane. And of course I am, because insanity is at the heart of all revolutions. So we have things. We, have, we will have a new Alex Cross this month. We will have a, a new zoo. We'll have a new woman's murder club next month. And then a lot of other, you know, there's, there's a series about a French detective, which I love. There's a book called 113 Minutes, which is not 113 minutes in real time. It's 113 minutes over five months. And that's really the spirit of bookshots, where you can, nothing but the scenes that, that, that really dramatize uh, uh, that we have uh, Trump versus Clinton uh, in their own words. So we'll take every area, you know, immigration, whatever, and, and just what they said. Uh, now, if that was a $27 book, I don't know if I want it. For $4.99, I want it. I do. Just to go back to Stephen Jobs, uh, he said, and, and, I, and I really think this is a, a, a pretty cool thing, and obviously because I'm repeating it, I, I must... He said, life can be much broader once you discover one simple fact, and that, and that is everything around you that you call life was made up by people that were no smarter than you, and you can change it. You can influence it. That's maybe the most important thing, is to shake off this erroneous notion that life is there and you're just going to live it versus embrace it, change it, improve it, and that's what I think bookshots will do. I think it will add to publishing. I think it will add to books. I think it will get people more into the habit of reading again. I think it will bring more people into stores. I think it will bring more people online, uh, and it will increase the habit of reading, and I think that's a cool thing to do. So now Michelle and I uh, will we'll get together here, and I don't know what we're going to do, but we'll do it. a chance to dig into this a little bit. Um, thank you for that introduction. But one of the questions that I think that you, that, that many people may be having is, is or may be wondering about is, why are you deciding to do this? I know the book industry has been struggling with lagging sales overall, but your sales have been very strong. And, and this seems to be not just a personal thing, but something that's aimed at helping the industry as a whole. Uh, yeah, helping the industry as a whole, but also helping to get people reading. Because I just think, look, I mean, from, from, there, there are studies now about people that read fiction uh, are just more compassionate. Mm -hmm. They have better understanding. I think Donald maybe needs to read more novels. Um, they have a better understanding and feeling for, for other people and where they come from, which, so I think that's important. I think that um, um, the complexity of our thinking seems to be shrinking. We just come to the, you know, when, when I, our son Jack just graduated from high school, but when he was come back from school as a little kid and how is school good, I said, no, dude, that's an essay question. Why did you say good? So that whole thing of, like, just thinking a little deeper and getting a little bit more into things and stuff, I think it's important. I think at this stage, um, um, books are probably the best, are still the best place to, 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 to a fuller range of thought, uh, more complexity, et cetera. So I mean, that's what, and, and the other thing for me, I mean, what motivates me about anything is I want to do something that at the end of it I go, I'm really glad 
that I did that. That really, you know, like Zoo, the first season I thought was good. This movie, the kids' movie we're doing, Middle School, the Worst Years of My Life, and we're just editing, you know, but I think it's really good. Women's Murder Club I thought was awful. So, <laughs> on television, you know. So, uh, yeah. I, I could go ask you more about the Women's Murder Club, but we'll move on. And that, that title, uh, Middle School's the Worst Years of My Life, I think that's something that many people could probably. Yeah, probably well, it's comedic. To. Well, you know, with kids, it's either the best or the worst. Yeah, no one wants to be 13 again. Yeah, I do. Um, <laughs> so there, there are some just mechanical questions that we should take, or the mechanics of this that we should just tackle. Sure. Um, where will these books be sold? Uh, pretty much anywhere where you buy books now, uh, or, or where you go online to shop. I think that's pretty true. I don't think we've left anything out. Hopefully, we will evolve to drugstore. I mean, when I was growing up, every drugstore, every newsstand had books, and that was a good thing. The little kiosk, the yeah. rotating kiosk. You go to Sweden, and... Uh, you know, they, seven million people. They have had million copy bestsellers there, which is insane with seven million people. Uh, but everywhere you go, you go to what they sell books at the at the gas stations. So, so it'd be, be nice. Yeah, airports. Uh, oh, airports for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they'll be at airports. And what kind of genres? Uh, kind of anything goes. I mean, obviously, we'll we'll do more nonfiction, um, a lot of thrillers, a whole romance line. Um, um, so we'll do every other month. We we have two two love stories, um, um, some some kookier ones. I had I've had this idea for a while. I love this idea. Of course I do. I love all my no. I don't love all my ideas. Um, the spirit of this idea is uh, it's, it's this writer, and he's 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 not very successful. He's a novelist, and you know he barely gets things published. And all of a sudden, he looks outside, and there are these three limousines pull up outside of his apartment. He's going, "What the hell is this?" You know. Then he, they, they're coming to the door, and he notices this guy who's kind of like a Bill Gates kind of a character. Very, not Bill Gates, something fictional. Very successful billionaire, techie guy. And he's going, why is this guy? So then the guy comes in the door, and you know, he opens the door for me. He says, well, you know, I love your books, which surprises him because nobody reads his books. But he still doesn't understand why the guy's here. And the guy says, look, the, the, the tech guy says... I, ever since I've been in high school, I've only been thinking about how to do this tech stuff and how to run my company and how to make it more successful and da-da-da-da-da-da. He said, the reason I'm here is, I think this is a cool idea for a book, and it'll be a kooky one, I'm here because I want you to write me a life and I will live it. Hmm. So, at any rate, so, you know, so some of the stuff is kookier and fun like that, and, you know, so we're, we're all over the lot. So I, I imagine you as someone who We keeps... have a couple of Nobel Prize winners that are going to, no, not yet. <laughs> we might get there, though. We might uh, get there. So I have, a, I have this image of you as a person who sleeps with all kinds of notebooks next to sleeps your bed. Sleeps with what? Notebooks next oh, to okay, your bed. Right. And that you're always <laughs> jotting down ideas. Is that, is that about no. right? No. I used to, but I found that I would get, I would look at these notes in the morning and go, what the... You know, and I found I found that the really good ones you remember. Hmm. I, I, that's, so I don't I don't I almost never write it. So you don't want it because you want to keep it in here? Is that it? No, it's just that as I said, I I, I found that I remember the okay. good ones. So uh, so when did this idea come to you? I think I've had this notion for a while. I'm not sure what motivated me to sort of jump off the bridge this time and go, okay, I want to do this. I re- I do think it's a it's a really um, the time is exactly right for this. I mean because. So many of us, just the, the, not necessarily the people in this room, but a lot of us, they just don't have time. And the idea of a 450-page book, I mean, you'll hear it over and over, oh, I'm going to read on my vacation, or, you know, it's just one more, oh, my God, I can't, you know. And, and then they get guilty because they 
they're halfway through and you know whatever. So um, uh, I, 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 I think it's a good thing, a good time to do it, and I think it's really important to get people coming back into stores again. But when did it come to you? I mean, has this been something you've been thinking no, about? No, I, I, I think it's been for a while. I don't, I don't know exactly, I, 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 but I, I, it's been on my mind for a while. And how did the industry, how did the publishers react to this? Did they say, oh my goodness, that's a great idea? Or were they admittedly skeptical? Are you going to have to ask that? No, 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 there was no skepticism. Boom. As a matter of fact, interesting, when they went out to different suppliers, I won't say who was who, but they went to one big supplier over uh, before Christmas, and the head buyer's response was, you've just given me my Christmas present, hmm. as opposed to, we don't know what to make of this. After Christmas, they went to another of the big, and, and this is a weird one, but the, the head buyer said, you just give me my birthday present. <laughs> and Amazon said, think bigger. Really? So, yeah. So it's, it's you know, that people get it. Uh, I hope you guys are among those people that get it, but, you know. So is the message behind this different? Because you noted something that people usually say, I'm going to read when I go on vacation. You have the books that you want to put in your beach bag. I mean, I, in my own house, I have a stack of books that I plan to get to. But is there, is, are you I, trying you to change? You can get to these so easy. Well, is that, are you trying a, to change the paradigm here? Because that's kind of the um, message. I think the cover of the, the New York Times. I don't want to change um, it. I book wanna, section this, this I wanna week add was to it. beach reading, summer reading. I want to add to it. So the idea is read all the time. Read more. Read more. Read more. Why are people reading? A lot reading? of us, you, I mean, I'm sure you read all the time. I do. But a lot of people don't. But partly, I mean, it just your, that was your inclination, and then it became your livelihood. But a lot of people, they, they don't do that. And they can't. Or they think they can't. And why do you think that people read less? Is it just time or is it something else? I think it's time. I think it's that people want things faster now. You know, we're in a TV thing here and you see the shift from the obligatory 24, 26 episodes to 13, to 8, to, you know, so it's all, it's changing. It's changing. People don't want that as much. They, or they want alternatives, let's say that. You know, people go to these restaurants and basically it's like three appetizers instead of, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. just a, it's just, it's, it's a different world. Life in 140 characters. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if you're taking the fat out of these books, as you say, Cutting out the fat. Cutting yeah. out the fat. In, in a commercial sense. But in, in reading these books, one of the things that I noticed is that they, they are very swift, yeah. but there are there are fewer atmospherics. Is it a challenge to then create a sense of place to make people feel like they have visited Paris I, I think it all depends on what people want. The lower side of Manhattan. I don't, I think a lot of people don't necessarily want that. Um, you know, M.R. Leonard had this famous line about, you know, when he went from being unsuccessful to being very successful, and he said, I, I stopped, I cut out the thing, the, the parts that people skim. Hmm. And a lot of people skim that stuff. Now, some readers love that. That's what they live for. They want that. You know, that's, uh, I mean, that's the way it was 200 years ago and whatever. And, it, and that's a great thing for a lot of people, but not for everybody. A lot of people go, you know, it's like somebody talking to you and it's like, stop already. If I wanted to learn, you know, everything that I wanted to hear about Minneapolis or, you know, not, no offense to Minneapolis, but yeah. I'm from Minneapolis. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So I, and I, so those people, these books will not, will not satisfy that, that part. We're just not going to go on. You know, because, look, people get into this thing of, like, you need to know more about a character in a, in a 500-page novel than you know about your spouse. Like, you know, everything, well, it doesn't, you know, life isn't mostly like that. You, you know, your friends, you know a bit about them, but you don't know every 
thought that they've ever had. And, you know, you live in New York or you live in Washington or whatever, and you know certain things about the city, but you don't know everything about the city. But some people, they're not going, I, I, and I don't think these, these aren't books that for the most part you'd go because you really want an in-depth thing about, you know, a city or the history of, uh, you know, ancient Rome or whatever. Yeah. But each chapter is meant to help develop the character and help push the story along. Yeah, and I believe that, that uh, to some extent, uh, action reveals character more than, you know, we can all talk a good game, but sometimes that when you start acting, you know, the way you, you act, it doesn't really, it's not consistent with what you say you stand for. So are these meant to be, in some ways, a gateway drug, a gateway um, to deeper reading, that if people start, if, if people start reading these books, <coughs> I, I don't, they're I don't, more interested in No, I'm, I'm, not, I'm these they're... aren't trainer wheel bikes. No, this is a real thing. It's a real deal. They're absolutely valid in themselves. You know, it's interesting in England, you go over there, they have total respect for mysteries and thrillers. Mm -hmm. Total respect. They recognize those. People don't go like, oh, well, you know, it's only a thriller, it's only a mystery. Here, it's like, and that's partly, the, you know, it's just happened in, in the media that cover books. They sit there and they piss on mysteries a little bit. Uh, they'll pick out two or three people that they, you know, but, you know. So, yeah, mostly, um, no, I, I, don't, I don't think it's a gateway. No, I wasn't, I you know, I think they're its own thing, you know. So, I, and what I'm wondering is if, if this is like an entirely new, entirely new lane or if it's a way to merge into, you know, I think it's just, a, I think it's another lane. You know, books and Yeah, which is, which is good. I mean, there's short stories, there's full-length novels, they're long, but, you know, and they're these, which are, it's just a different, uh, you know, and people will, uh, they are addictive, in my opinion. Uh, you know, my wife, who's a pretty big reader, she's read like 15, and it's like, give me another one, give me another one. You do burn through them very quickly. Yeah, 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 yeah. which is, I think, that's okay. That's a, that's a, that's valid. So when you take on the nonfiction books, yeah. can you talk to us a little bit more about what you want to see in... I will have to see where that aspect. goes. Mm -hmm. um, uh, I think that can scare some people a little bit, so we'll have to be careful with that. Why, you know, why I mean, just staying them? with this in their own words, you know, um, Jesus versus Satan, mm -hmm. in their own words, just picking up in the Bible, you know, whatever, I mean, that's a fun one, and, you know, I don't know, two designers who are at war, I don't, you know, I mean, just keeping it simple. So we'll see. Look, I mean, you know, uh, uh, you take uh, Malcolm Gladwell, for example, mm -hmm. and there, there was a uh, collection of his essays from uh, the New Yorker, the New Yorker and, which I loved. Mm -hmm. You know, why ketchup is the perfect food, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And then, but some of the books, it's like, okay, instead of three examples, we're going to put 15 examples. So I think there's a lot of validity to the three examples, five examples for, for certain people. They're going like I, I don't I don't I didn't need I didn't need three hundred I don't I'm not I like Malcolm Gladwell but I mean uh, uh, a lot of books it's like you know just you know, okay I got it uh, so so I think I think in theory in nonfiction and a lot of people they don't really want seven hundred pages on on Rockefeller they'll be happy with one hundred and fifty pages that really I mean even that's a lot if somebody didn't talk to you for half an hour about Rockefeller that'd probably be enough too or maybe or whoever the character was I mean in a given you know that's about as much as I want on that care, or you know, if I want more, I'll go from that to the 600-page biography. Is there a natural nexus here with uh, publishing, literary publishing, and maybe even journalism? If you take sports writing, for instance, which has 
You know, it's, it's just inherently um, filled with pathos and, and people are fighting not just to win, but sometimes fighting internal battles, fighting to, you know, defeat the, the voice inside their head that says you can't do this, fighting to defeat their past in some way. I mean, there's wonderful examples of sports writing that would be perfect for this kind of genre. Have you thought about something I think like that? There, uh, yeah, a little bit. A little bit. I know, yeah, I think, well, I mean, part of it is, uh, yeah, I'm a little addicted to bestsellers. So we'll probably try to do things that are going to, you know, the people are going to look at it and go, yeah, I'm, I'm interested, I want it, as opposed to, you know. So when you, when you move about, do you study how... Slower than I used to. Well, when you travel, when you go to the doctor's <laughs> office, if you take public there transportation, you do you study how people read and what people read? Um, not really. I mean, I study, I, I think I observe the world relatively keenly. Um, uh, you know, obviously, I used to enjoy more when I go on a plane and I would see a couple people literally reading my book. Now I don't know what they're reading because they're all reading on the devices. So. Which leads to another question. These will also be made yes. available oh, yeah, 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 as yeah, yeah, yeah. audiobooks yes. and mm-hmm. for devices. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, they are. They'll be tomorrow. They'll be everywhere. And for the pacing in the audiobooks, are you doing something interesting uh, there or will it will be a standard audiobook? I think it's just sort of the same. It's just, you know, it'll be, it'll be obviously they're shorter you know, and cheaper. Uh, I think at the worst, ca- I think they're seven ninety nine or so. Help, is that about right? And eventually will there be YA books? I hope so. Uh, well, a YA probably yes. Uh, I'd like to. I'd like to do um, uh, kid shots. Um, the trick is, you know, are, are they going to work in the stores? You know, are stores going to be receptive to that? And then, you know, kids have not made the transition to reading much on devices, which is uh, interesting. Mm-hmm. They're doing other things with devices. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Snapchat and video uh, games and things yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. So when you, you there's an image that I now have in my head that you introduced of the kiosk that you used to see at the drugstore mm-hmm. with the rotating books and yep. on that kiosk were you know there were pulp fiction but there were, if you think a lot about some of the great novels of our t- of you know that, that America has produced they actually were very slim volumes yeah some were yeah mm-hmm. The Great Gatsby it's a very small book right To Kill a Mockingbird very small book the Bridges of Madison County another classic literary work yeah, small love so story. So, how story, how do you um, reintroduce? <laughs> we'll see about. I mean, you know, uh, you know whether somebody, uh, you know, gives us a serious novel, relatively short serious novel. Yeah, James Cain, all those. Well, they're mysteries, but the, those I think most of them were double indemnity. Those were all fairly short. And how do you reintroduce that idea at the at the drugstore? So it's just when you when you're at the drugstore or the gas station yeah, we'll that you're see. picking up I, books. Yeah, I think part of it depends on how much if, if this you know gets really really hot. I mean, I think it's going to get hot. If it gets really hot, then you know, uh, and it becomes a habit, then you know we'll we'll see them in in you know drugstores and places like that. I think it'd be a good thing because I mean, look, where we I mean we have a house in Westchester and. You got to drive like thirty minutes, and Westchester is relatively affluent. You go thirty minutes to get to a bookstore. That's like what? I mean, to get a book. Yeah, what's that? Should we do a little? Uh, these guys have any questions? Questions? Anybody? Michelle's asked every good question there is. Yeah. Maybe I missed that one. Uh, will you be writing all of the books? 
No, 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 no. So oh no, I'm good, but not that good. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I ain't not, I'm not that so good. What is the proportion, Marlon? Well, you know, I, of the 117 or so, I mean, I wrote the outlines for over 80. So, yeah. And the outlines are, well, you know, uh, 20 or 30 page outlines. So the ideas are mine for the most part. I mean, and that, that's going to change, and it's already changing. Yes. Yeah. Do you have an idea on, on, every, on everything? What kind of kitchen you want? What kind of... I don't know that I, that, I, that I know what I want as much as I do want... I, I, I think the books need to be, you know, really fast-paced. And it, it can't be... I mean, I don't want uh, something that's the pace of a novel, a regular novel, but it just happens to be shorter length. Uh, so you're, like, curating the book. Essentially, yes. you're taking a and that's the difference between I think what exists and you know I mean you go online and you have a choice of an X number of singles but to me it's like you walked out in the street here and somebody walks up and goes will you buy my book for two ninety eight it's like I don't know <laughs> who are you and what's it about and are you a good writer and you know so yes I think people can expect that and so far it's true I mean we've had a you know bunch of good reads and whatever so I, the people's responses is really terrific and. Australia, we just got a thing that I think six of the top the, the top eight bestsellers are book shots. They came out a week early out there, so we'll see. Yes, ma'am. Is there is there a set frequency? I mean, they're going to come out one a week, one a month. It varies on where you are. In England, they launched with six. Uh, we're launching with two here next month. It'll be four, two romances and two. Uh, we'll see. I'd like I'd like it to be a little more aggressive here, but we'll see what happens. More. A little bit more, a little bit more. Yeah, because, I mean, for me, I'd like to make it clear to people this is a category uh, when they walk in and go, okay, there's that thing. Now, and I'm sure if this works, I mean, we'll have whatever. Uh, other publishers will, will come to the party. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what, what kind of a first printing of, of each? Uh, 20 million. <laughs> now, I think um, around half a million, which is a lot, yeah, plus whatever we do online. You know. And what, what would it take to, to be considered a success of, of each title? Uh, we're making money instead of losing money. We're gonna ma it, it'll make money. It, it'll, we'll, we'll, we'll do well with it. So I, I think as long as we're, you know, and I think any, you bring a new product out and you're making money from the first month, <laughs> that's good. <laughs> so I, we, we will do that, I'm pretty sure. Because this isn't like a new product where it's like, huh, it's James Patterson, you know that the pace is going to be good, and you know, I, I hope that a lot of people who don't read my books will give this a try. I mean, people who haven't read an Alex Cross, this is a great way to come in, because it's going to take you two hours, uh, it's going to cost not a lot of money, so it's a good way to sample. Um, yeah. Will agents be pitching you ideas, or are you... Free yeah, they up? are. Yeah, we're open. Okay. We're open. Okay. So it's not just you coming up with an idea. No, 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 no. No, we, we've opened it up. We're One, we have some ideas where you haven't written an outline, just a log line. So we'll just put the log line out there. Uh, you know, like the one I mentioned, um, the um, write, me, write Me a Life, uh, I, I, I never wrote a full outline in that. I just kind of talked it through, and then uh, a guy that I know who's... 
a pretty good writer. He has, he's written no novels, though. So, I mean, we have a few people at times here where people have never written a novel before who are going to publish in this. And we've had a couple of failures, huh? Are you looking for individual books or books that lend themselves to series? Um, individual books are fine. Yeah, most of them are. You know, there's a couple of series, The French Detective. Um, uh, I'd have to think about. There's one about succubus, which is interesting. Succubus will be the next zombie. <laughs> <coughs> Diary of a succubus. Anybody? Don't be afraid. Will that be all in English, or are you thinking of expanding this maybe in other languages? We're, gonna, we're, starting, we're starting here in UK, and then we'll, we'll take it elsewhere. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we'll go to, you know. I mean, the trick, obviously, is, is in, in some other countries, they want to make sure it works because they have to translate everything, obviously. So, and, then, and, that, and then you have that thing of that you have to make sure that, that, that they're good translations because people can translate sometimes, and it just whatever the, the uh, you know, what was good about it gets lost a lot of times. Anybody else? Because imitation is, the, is, is perhaps the greatest form of uh, flattery, do you expect that other publishers will enter this genre? If it works, I, yeah, I think they will. Yeah, I mean, fortunately for me, they're a little slow, so we'll, we'll have a little time. This is, this is an industry that has not been big innovation. I mean, you know, what was the last big, I don't know, paperbacks? Mass market paperback. Yeah, it's a, you know, it's not a lot of innovations, and you don't really ebooks doesn't count. That's just taking what you already had and you know putting it in a different. So yeah, I mean the world is innovating. The world is changing like crazy, and and once again, it's not like throw out the baby with the bath. You know, yes, we we need long form books for sure. This isn't going to replace those. This is just going to complement it, hopefully, and uh, you know, yeah. About the nonfiction, yeah. um, is it only in their own words, or are you going to branch out beyond that? It's it's in their own words. That's plenty. Trust me, <laughs> you won't believe what they, both of them. I mean, they've both said some things that are fascinating, and Jesus and the devil also. See, Jesus and the devil will do Bible, and then we'll also do any any plays or anything where the devil has been a character, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Jesus and the devil have also said a lot of cool stuff. Yeah. Leopoldo, you have any questions? En español, sí. Por favor. Oh, sí. Um, anybody else? Okay. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, Even the commercials, oh, thanks, yeah. The commercials are, this is one and a half minutes only, yeah. Did you envision how long the series will be? I mean, how many books? Do you have a full plan or... Oh, yeah, I told you, there's 117, 117, and that's just right now. I, I Actually, I'm trying to slow it down because we have enough for like uh, two years already. And Michael Peach wants me to slow down, too. He goes, relax, relax, Jimmy, come on. I, but even these commercials, I mean, for the book world, um, these are pretty um, adventurous. It's, it's not a lot, so. Ooh, zero calories. Let's binge. On books, introducing James Patterson's Book Shots. Under 150 pages, impossible to stop reading. The new Alex Cross and Zoo 2, only in Book Shots. That's him! Get him! Go! James Patterson introduces a reading revolution, presenting Book Shots. 
under 150 pages, impossible to stop reading. The new Alex Cross and Zoo 2, only in bookshots. Introducing James Patterson's Bookshots. Under 150 pages, impossible to stop reading. That's reading, not eating. The new Alex Cross and Zoo 2, only in bookshots. Different. <laughs> so, all right. That's our deal. Be gentle. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Readers can sample and borrow the titles mentioned in today's episode from Overdrive.com, and our library friends can add these titles to their collections and marketplace. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.